This is Sports Best, presented by Repost on the Reposted Podcast Network. Coming at you like a free cookie, the Subway employee decided to throw in for free because they like your style. He is Larry Cold Cut Combo, and I am Andrew the Veggie Wrap. Larry, what's the best sandwich you've ever had? Uh, there's a place that serves pastrami in San Francisco. It's called the Deli Board. It is like $15, and it is like eating heaven. It's so wonderful. There's a pastrami place two blocks from us, and it's the best pastrami I've ever had. It's called Johnny Pastrami. That's uh, It's a winner. It's a winner all around. They have other things. They got artisan cocktails. They got live music. Come on, Johnny Pastrami. I want to go to Johnny Pastrami. I'm going to make that happen. No you know who was also... Though. Ooh. You know who's also winners? People that get inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I just... Once again, it seems kind of... I don't know how to explain these events, but I just happen to sit on the couch happened to turn on TV and my kids were there watching my two boys and they're like, what's this? And I was like, oh, it's where people give speeches because they just got inducted to the Hall of Fame. It's never happened before. It's really funny. So I was like, well, yeah. Quick question. We haven't talked about this in a while. I thought you cut the cord. Do you still have cable? We do. We do. Okay. That's how you land it. That's like, that's something you can land on, on by accident. Okay. Sorry. So it's just, it was just funny that they were like listening. So then like kind of it starts and then it's like the first bike guy comes out, his name is Drew Pearson. He played on the all decade team in the seventies and mostly won with the Cowboys. My kids have no idea. I don't even know who this guy is. And he's out there giving his long speech. And they're like, this is it, dad. This, this is the Hall of Fame induction ceremony. I was like, yeah, that's pretty much it. Tom Flores came out. He was the first minority coach to win a Super Bowl. He won it with the Raiders, Calvin Johnson. They don't even know who that dude is. I they don't know Megatron? Megatron. They don't not, not know Megatron. He was the, just the third player to be enshrined when he was 35 or younger. Steelers guard Alan Faneca, never heard of him. Charles Woodson, the great, I remember all the way back to the University of Michigan, never heard of him. Buccaneers, Broncos safety, John Lynch, they never heard of him. Steelers scout, Bill Nunn, they never heard of him. The only guy they heard of, Peyton Manning, who was selected in the first year of eligibility, played on two Super Bowl winning teams, was a five-time MVP. 14-time Pro Bowl selection, Offensive Rookie of the Year, and Comeback Player of the Year. They knew who he was. Did you catch any of his speech? Uh, yeah, I did. It was uh, he had a pretty funny joke about um, I forgot it was Tom Brady being like, "Oh, when Tom Brady finally gets inducted uh, 15 years from now on his first year of eligibility, basically he's going to play forever." Made some jokes about that. Um, there's a lot of Tom Brady references. One of the things I thought that was the most interesting, and it's rather obscure, but Calvin Johnson, who, as you said, was inducted, he was drafted in 2007. Tom Brady's third Super Bowl appearance was in 2005. Calvin Johnson retired in 2016 and was inducted. Wow. This was his first year of eligibility. Tom Brady played in his 10th Super Bowl this year. So Calvin Johnson's Hall of Fame career was within the confines of Tom Brady still playing. So what a crazy situation. Um, yeah, I, I, my favorite player from this whole class was, I love I love uh, uh, Peyton Manning, but Charles Woodson. He was, uh, getting that much attention as a DB is, is wild to me. Um, you think best about Charles Woodson is that um, he started an ascot business and more an ascot to give his speech. It's like really big into the ascots. That's crazy. Do we have any DBs that are as electric as like Charles Woodson, Deion Sanders? Like, 
is there anyone that's like, I guess the most recent was Richard Sherman, but I don't know. I can't think of anyone right now. That's like an absolute shutdown uh, DB. I can't. Yeah, Cause think I think that's like, cause the rules change, right? I mean, the oh, rules yeah. are off, it's no, now it's like, you're going to get toasted. That's what, that's the way NFL wants it. Yeah. Well, speaking of Deion Sanders, he recently played at the Dallas Cowboys and I am excited. How about them Cowboys? Yeah! Yes. The Dallas Cowboys are going to be on this season of hard knocks. I, uh, this is a uh, appointment viewing for me. I'm going to watch this every week. It comes out. Um, but I feel like HBO is just trading on the Cowboys name a little bit. I watched the preview for this season. I don't know if you saw it, but the preview is Ezekiel Elliott try like very poorly wrapping a birthday present for <laughs> Dak Prescott. And uh, at the end of the one minute preview, Dak Prescott knocks on the door Zeke opens it and shuts it. That is why it's not interesting to me. Maybe they're going to lose me in the season, but watching the the Dallas Cowboys and Hard Knocks, I'm excited. You know, um, I, I forget what the qualifications are to be the Hard Knocks team. It's like you have to be in the bottom four. You can't have been on it in like ten years. Blah blah blah. blah. So they definitely. I mean, if all the teams they would want to choose, it would be the Cowboys to choose because they're one of the most popular, and they've got some big stars, right? Dak, will he come back from his injury? You mentioned Zeke. You've got Jerry Jones, the owner. So there's certainly lots of drama. I feel like it, it's the stars of the line that this would probably be a good show. Will be. Yeah, I didn't think the Cowboys would ever be on it, but I'm excited yeah. that they are. I want to see what's going on in the inner workings of uh, what's happening in Arlington. Here's the one reason I'm going to watch. I want to show if they will show uh, Jerry Jones' yacht. It's something to the point. I've been hearing about his yacht like 256 feet, some crazy thing. Will they, the over-under on whether they would show Jerry Jones' yacht? I bet heavy on the under. Oh. But uh, I'd like to see his his yacht. All right. Uh, Sticking with the NFL, as we mentioned earlier, they're changing up their number policy. I could really go down the line if you need me to. But basically, you know, in the old days, quarterbacks had to be certain numbers, running backs had to be certain numbers, wide receivers, linemen, da-da-da kind of shaking that up a little bit so there is some turnover as the numbers to people can choose but this was what i thought was interesting for this year only players seeking to change numbers within the allowable ranges for the position were required to first buy out all the remaining inventory of jerseys in their likeness to the nfl's official distributors they sell for an average of around 200 bucks so there's a second wave of uh, switchers probably next year i didn't know that like you switched number you're on the hook for all of your jerseys. Yeah, that's, I I mean, a lot of the ESPN, 30, I don't think it was a 30 for 30 broke. A lot of these guys that are going to want to do it and be like, hey, this is play money anyway. They'll do it. I, I, it's, it seems kind of like the NFL is nickel and diamond these guys for wanting to change their numbers. But I don't know. I get why they want to do it. When I first went to high school or junior highs converged, and uh, I was still a lineman at that point. And this guy, Michael Cooper, was number 65. And I don't know why he was able to keep 65, but he kept it. And I still am resentful of Cooper having number 65. But when I moved out to tight end, I, I switched to AK-47. Because as you know, I, uh, I'm an assassin. Just my last question out of this. So if you have to buy out the remaining number of your jerseys, does that mean you get a cut of the number of jerseys sold in your likeness 
I don't think so. Uh, maybe you do. That kind you of makes sense. To. You, you got to buy out the old ones. Yeah. What, what's your number in sports? Two. Two? Is there a yeah. story behind that? Not really. I just was like, that was my football number. I just kind of liked the number two. Two. That was your football number? Were you a kicker? No, man. I was a defensive back. I just also like saying, hey, two? Deuce. I'm deuce, bro. Two is such a strange football number. Deucing, bro. I'm deucing. Well, it's your performance on the field. <laughs> well, do you think records are meant to be broken? I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of torn on this. But the Olympics, there was a lot of records that were breaking. Kirk and I talked last week about uh, the equestrian. Shouldn't the horse win the medal? And I was <laughs> saying how archery, everyone should get a... Uh, bring your own kit, make your own bow and arrow. You get, everyone gets a string and a piece of wood and you make a bow and arrow, but a lot of records are being broke. We're being broken. And we're, we're reaching the plateau of like human ability and technology is going to have to be the thing that gets us to the next milestone. Like this year, super spikes, which are the cleats that the athletes are using on the track in conjunction with the super spongy track, which is the most technologically advanced track in the world led to a lot of records being broken, but the, in the more raw, I guess, sports throwing and jumping events, those records stand for an average of 23 years. Uh, I don't know if it's more exciting or not. If a world record's broken in a race to me, Do you, does it enhance the performance for you? If a record's broken? I, I didn't think about this till you asked a couple of seconds ago, but I, I think we want records broken but we don't want a lot of records broken, right? We, it's fun to see a record get broken and it kind of loses its gusto if everybody's breaking records. So like in, you know, the swimming's the one like, I can't, it feels like they're breaking records like every second. Yeah, especially, was it, was it in Sydney when they had those crazy yeah. wetsuits yeah. and they were, every record got broken in every single race? I mean, some records, uh, I guess they are meant to be broken, but then there's like some of the crazy ones like Cal Ripken's consecutive yeah. game streak. That would be a huge deal if it got broken. It's fun when it takes a long time. Like when Barry Bonds broke the home run record, that was electric in San Francisco. Getting a, getting a ticket to the game right before he broke it was a difficult thing to do. So I, I think you're right. If it happens every single race or every single event, then it's kind of like, well, what are we really doing? But uh, if they've stood for a while, it's, it's nice to see someone reach a milestone. Yeah, but once again, back to this technology point, right? Technology is going to get better. It's only going to help. And so people will be breaking records because of the technology. But you're right. I do like that the long jump record, Bob Beeman, is it still Bob Beeman? I don't know. I like that the long jump records took around yeah. a long time. Well, it's just about done as one of the world's biggest soccer stars is about to complete his move. Lionel Messi is reportedly signing a two-year contract with Paris Saint-Germain ending his 20-year association with the Spanish team Barcelona. He's leaving because Barcelona basically can't pay him anymore. <laughs> They're just about bankrupt. They couldn't get enough players on the team to take pay cuts, so they couldn't keep him. He's 34 years old. I mean, arguably, he's the most famous person on the planet. He's going to go from Spain to France. Eh, he's still pretty good. Do you care? I mean, I think it's a really big deal. Um, something I didn't realize that maybe this is common knowledge, but his dad is his agent and does all the speaking for him. And the press was like, well, what happened uh, in Barcelona? And he's like, you're going to have to ask the team. Um, but it seems like he's excited to be in Paris. 
he he has no autonomy, Messi. So he's going to be behind some kind of firewall wherever he goes. I'm excited to see what happens. So he has this two-year contract with a potential third-year option if he wants it. He has gone on record as saying he thinks he will finish his career in the United States. I'm curious, if he does, would you make a con- uh, concerted effort to bring your kids to see Lionel Messi play soccer? Oh, hell yeah. That is, without a doubt, we're going. If Messi comes to the MLS, we're going. Yeah. Did you ever see Beckham play? I did not see Beckham play because I didn't see him. But I did see Michael Jordan. I willed myself to see Michael Jordan. I was like, he's going to be the greatest athlete I've ever seen. I went and saw him. So you can you make the case that Messi will be the greatest soccer player of all time. My kids will see him. Even if he plays for the Columbus crew, I'm still going to go to a game. <laughs> well, apparently what defines catching a fish has recently been changed. This kid in Michigan goes on a fishing charter with his family. Luis Martinez goes out and he breaks this record that was in place since 1978. So he landed a 47 pound, 47 inch salmon. But the way he got it is he's out on this charter and he said he was uh, basically falling asleep and his mom was like, you're up. They handed him a fishing pole and he reeled it in. I'm going to go ahead and say that this guy didn't catch a fish. Someone caught it and he reeled it in. I think you have to cast and hold the line. You have to be in charge of the line from start to finish to be considered the person that caught it. Do you agree with that? Or do you think this guy should be going around bragging that he caught the biggest fish? Yeah, Louis Martinez is a fake. Let's let's make no doubt about that. But is it like the record 47 pounds and – that would have been a record, and the 47 inches would have been a record. Two separate, he broke the like the double record. I guess he broke both of them. I don't know what the benchmark is. The old record was 46 pounds and 43 and a half inches. That was in 1978. Oh. I mean, also these records, the limiting factor is like what's even available. I don't know too much about fishing, and I don't know how they can have these competitions where like you're a good angler. Like, because there's um something like that's saying I'm good at scratch offs. Like, I don't know, maybe someone call in and, and let me know how fishing <laughs> is a skill, but I don't really know what to make of this. I, I say he didn't do anything. He went on a fishing charter and he reeled something in, which takes some physical effort. But I've been on those charters before where they hook them and, and you reel them in and I don't really feel that accomplished. Is this a stock lake or did he like, was he out in the Pacific Ocean somewhere? Yeah, he's in Michigan, dude. He was not in the Pacific Ocean. <laughs> but is he Michigan stock- State record. Is it's he salmon? Stock- like, but is it like a stock lake where they? Grow I don't big- think so. It kind of sound like it was in the wild. That okay. would be funny. A stock like. Uh, so that in theory, this is a record that I could get. Like, I could just be on one of these power boats, and they hand it to me, and then I break it. If you subscribe to the fact that someone else hooked it and you reeled yeah. it in, is is uh, catching it. I mean, I think that's one of the best moves you can do is hook something if you're fish- fishing with a buddy and be like, hey, you deserve this. And you <laughs> hand it over. It's magnanimous hey. to give it to someone else. Uh, sorry, guy, you didn't you didn't catch that fish. Boo, Louis Martinez, boo. This has been Sports Best. I don't think this guy caught a fish. I'm upset about it. Larry needs to calm it down. I'm Andrew from Larry. Thanks for stopping by.